right, folks, welcome on back to a little bonus edition of the Boombastic Cast this evening for you. Um, we got a pleasant surprise for everybody out there. You know what I mean? We got some juggalos on the show representing. Uh, we wanted to start up uh, like reviewing, you know, some stuff. And we know the new ICP album just dropped. I've been a fan of ICP for many, many moons. And um, I thought it'd be a kind of cool crossover to kind of bring them into the show a little bit by, uh, you know, speaking on the new release and such. You know what I mean? And we, uh, we have some great guests with us this evening. You know, off to my, my left, I'll go with uh, Candace Alexa. And yeah, she's been a juggalo for, for a long time, too. You want to give any rough, rough, uh, you want to say anything about your juggaloism? Uh, yeah, I guess I've been down for about 18 years, I would assume. Like, uh, I came in around, like, Hell's Pit era. Um, I, I mean, I'm still, I'm only 28, so, like, it's still, right. I'm still pretty lo- young, but it's, like, been, like, like, the epitome, like, of my my personality, kind of. It really represented who I was, and it really, like, gave me a place to, like, belong, and it was it was really nice, like, even at that age and, and on, but the music is really, like, detrimental. It's really deep, and it really means a lot, so, like... I don't know. I've been down for a while and uh, I, yeah, I just thought it'd be cool to come on and give my opinion. Hell yeah. You represent that here. I've been, I personally have been down. I, I stumbled into ICP right after the great Malenko came out. I remember a friend of mine gave me a cassette and uh, I remember it was a gray Maxell tape and it just said ICP slash great Malenko on it. And he goes, here, you'd like this. ICP, you almost can't even put into a box to like explain a little bit because there's so much with everything there's they do. So there's so much cool shit they do. Like so vast, yeah, yeah. There's so much of it. We also have the great Brad Odes with us on the show, author extraordinaire. <laughs> How you doing over there? What up, all? Thanks for having me. Um, as Matt said, I am Brad Odes or Brad O. Um, I'm an author over at uh, bradoinc.com. That's Brad O-H-I-N-C.com, where I do a lot of different writing, including some stuff about ICP. Uh, promote my own novels. I've got my first novel, Edgar's Worst Sunday, out right now, and uh, just working on finishing up Meaningless, my next novel. So hopefully that'll be on shelves soon. As for the juggalo scene, I've been down since uh, 99. I discovered them a little bit later than some uh, during the Jekyll Brothers area, way up here in Canada. We don't get a whole lot of tours or anything like that, so it was through wrestling that I found them. I discovered them while they were on, like, WWE, WCW and all that, and then went up, picked up uh, Jekyll Brothers, and I thought it was the only album they had out. I straight up thought they were a wrestling band, and they had, like, one album out, yeah. and I went, God, what the shit is all this, like, Six Faces, The Dark Carnival. I was trying to put all the pieces together. And I was bumping it alongside, you know, Matchbox 20 and <laughs> Sugar Ray and all that shit that was yeah. out back then. And I remember it was on Bring It On, track three, that had that line on Dead Bigots Face Down in the Pond. And growing up in the little northern Alberta redneck town, that fucking hooked me. I'm like, damn, these clowns are about some. Yeah. And it was on from then on. Uh, I've been writing them, reading them. Uh, following them around on tour as much as I can, preaching the dark carnival gospel wherever I go since then. That's what's up. Hell yeah. yeah. I just got to throw in there, Jekyll Brothers is my favorite card. So I totally feel that. That's the one that hit me the hardest too. Like once I like got into it and like went back and like started listening to everything, like that was, oh, hell yeah. That's, that's my, that's my shit. Yeah. Yeah, Jekyll Brothers was big. That's what, like, around that era is when I was starting to go to the shows, which was nice. 
And you had to go yeah. back to, to the the wrestling thing. You know, I grew up, I was a wrestling fan first, of course. You know what I mean? I think a lot, a lot of, a lot of, as a kid, you know, as a young five-year-old child, they show you wrestling. They don't show you the music of ICP yet, unfortunately. You know what I mean? Right. Yeah, I was starting watching wrestling at eight. I've never missed a WrestleMania. I've oh, been yeah. to multiple house shows. Like, I, it's, I think it's part of Juggalo culture to just, I don't know, the wrestling thing. But um, I was into wrestling before I listened to ICP, too. So it all just kind of clicked. It's, yeah, it's a part of it. It's like, um, it really is like like a Juggalo. It's like who Joe and Joey would chill with if they, like, never made it and just were chilling in the streets of Detroit. You know what I mean? Like, For real. It, yeah. They, yeah. They still are. Yeah, they still are. You know what I mean? Right. That's why, like, you know, people that really love wrestling will kind of cross over. People love horror movies or, you know, it's it's kind of got all those kind of everything that they liked, I feel. Even though I think they said late recently that they weren't always like big horror movie fans, but like still it's in their music and it's. You know, if you, it, it's, that's what I tell people that I'm like, their music is like horror movies to music. If you like horror movies, it's like, that is what it is. You know what I mean? Yeah. But, it's like uh, bringing the rock genres, like fantasy element, but for, for rap, that's like ba- the basis of horror court. Like it's really, it's really like dynamic. I really like that aspect. Like, especially compared to a lot of like hip hop artists, like that's what drew me to ICP, like, like specifically, because yeah. I can make it comparative i grew up listening to like metallica and like corn disturb like but you see a lot of like the storytelling element but in hip-hop it's usually more like realistic so like i just that's a huge reason i was drawn specifically to icp yeah absolutely i always actually said to people like i like in icp almost to like performance art right it's different from a lot of rap that i listen to in the sense that you know too dope and jake don't necessarily have the best flows out there. They're not the fastest. They don't have the tightest bars or nothing like that. But it's uh, actually like your podcast, Bob Bast is the best word for it. It's so much performance and theater and attitude and like the vocal stylings and the emotions they put in it. It's telling stories, not just singing songs. And I love that. Yeah. Yeah. Since since y'all two both love the amazing Jekyll Brothers so much, the, I guess you would call Yum Yum would be like the counterpart to the Amazing Jekyll Brothers of the second yeah. deck, of course. You know what I mean? This part two, hell yeah. I, yeah. I, I had that discussion with my homie listening to it. She was like, well, how is this comparative to the Amazing Jekyll Brothers? And like, and yeah, we had that whole discussion like in the middle of Yum Yum. So, I mean, yeah. I think a lot of people have made that parallel. I thought we were going to get twins again. I, re- I really thought we were getting twins again. Which I wasn't a bad thing, but I thought we were gonna get like the Yum Yum Twins or something. I remember they teased the title for a little bit. Yeah, people were speculating about like the Hogan Twins because of that Tank Hogan and Hulk Hogan joke. Yeah, 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 yeah. So we'll crack into Yum Yum Bedlam. All right, folks. So we'll start off right from the get-go. The intro, of course. You know what I mean? Uh, very wicked and sinister. You know what? You guys take from that intro. I, I like the intro. Um, I really, I saw a lot of like, uh, a lot of ICP intros, especially for the Joker's cards, were like, um, specifically just like the beats and then just like, uh, uh, one liner. So I really like the, the kind of like sticking to the whole concept, um, presenting the album like that. Yeah. Um, but it was, it was, it was pretty wicked. It was pretty sinister. I liked, I liked the whole like luring part of it. That was pretty cool. Yeah. It wasn't overall bad. I enjoyed it. What do you think, Brad? 
I enjoyed it. It was a simpler one, much like Candace said. Um, a, a lot of times recently they've been doing more so like the spoken word, long explanation, more like what you put into the liner notes of the album. Whereas this one, they decided to strip it back a bit. And I guess, I mean, they had those kind of explanation tracks on uh, Young Young's Lure as well. Yeah. But this one, it was more just the scene setting, the music in the background, setting this sort of haunted scene. And then the voice work was pretty on point. Um, I liked it. It was a simple opening. It was to the point. It didn't waste time. Did the trick for me. Yeah, I less agree. is more definitely with that. You know, the, one of the triv- fun fun fact trivia is I think it's Jay's new girlfriend did the did did it did the voiceover like audio work on it. That's what I assumed. Which it's interesting. It's like with with what I'll go on. I'll go on a limb here real quick and get real real quick. This popped in my head. You know. Um, the way that the Yum Yum, the intro of that Yum Yum Flower, I almost got this weird vibe. It's Jay's, that girl is a hugely important in Jay's life right now. So I just, just hope she's not the Yum Yum Flower in real life. That's all I'm going to say. And uh, she seems cool. But, you know, I know Jay just got out of, you know, getting getting recovered up. He's kind of, you know, it's a vulnerable place. I'm just hoping that it's a good, you know, everything's cool in the gang. Yeah, I can see that. I don't know if you guys saw Blase's Twitter um, post, like, right before the album came out, but she posted the line off of, um, I think it's off of Queens. Yeah. Um, and, uh, oh, I don't know. Maybe, maybe the backyard that was, yeah. weeds. The weeds yeah, yeah. Yeah. So, but I don't know. Maybe that was, like, a throw to her or something. Maybe she, that's what she thought. But, like, I've seen a lot of people reposting that in, like, reference of it. The thing with Blase is she's an artist as well, I feel. So even she might even try and cause ruckus that isn't there just for the fact that it's going to create attention. You know, not saying that's what it is, but I mean, that does happen. Oh, totally. I didn't, I wasn't assuming it was about her. Oh, I totally, I, I was just throwing it out there that a lot of people have been like missing, misreading what she's like throwing out because yeah. of the release. Yeah. I mean, there's a few you know times in, throughout the whole album where he kind of talks about, things that could have been blasé, you know what I mean? They're, they're, yeah, there's, I, I, it could have been yeah, or Sugar Slam. You really don't really know where they're addressed to. I mean, there, there were certain parts where I, it could have been a smorgasbord. It could have been any of those young ladies or it could have been a Twisted or, or you know what I mean? Like, there, <laughs> it went a different direction. Um, yeah. the, the Twisted thing's fun because they never really go at it, like, directly. Yeah. No, neither of them really do, but I it's fun. Know. I don't know if everybody read the last line on Bedlam's dedication page. Oh yeah, that was definitely for them musically, though. Like, like I feel like a lot in here. There's a lot of like shots that are thrown out that could easily hit the target of Twisted and fit, but yeah. it could fit other people too. So you don't really know. You know what I mean? Yeah, that that's part of the fun, though. That's it's like part of speculation. It's I much genius. prefer that to them just saying "fuck Twisted" or "fuck Blase" because that's yeah. how they've always been. You know, it's fuck racism and fuck child abuse. It's very little. Sure. It's very rarely like fuck this specific person. It's fuck the right. concept. So they're talking about fuck disloyalty and fuck treachery and all that without bothering to name names and give those ups to the people. Yeah. yeah. Well, they also, they want everybody to feel that it's also the people in everybody's personal life that they want to say fuck you to too. So like if throwing a name on it kind of like blurs it a little bit, you know what I mean? Yeah. So the first track right off of it, here comes the carnival. You know what I mean? That was a cool jam. I liked it. I love the, you know, 
the ICP is going to last maybe 10 years or start to really go to a more production-based, melodic, like uh, a dark melodic thing that I, I really like. Like, the like the, there's a lot of fucking great chorus and hooks on this album, you know what I mean, that I thought were really good. And the first, the intro, which I kind of, you know, their intro jam, uh, but here comes uh, fucking, here comes the carnival. What'd you guys think of that one? Um, I, I really liked it. It was, it was really like fun. It was really like, I don't know, like you said, it was more production value, more methodical, yeah. but, um, I thought it was like a good, like lighthearted intro kind of. It, it was pretty, it was decent. It reminded me of Welcome to the Show off Shaker Law, just like mm. the kind of ups and downs. Um, just like comparatively speaking, the two decks, but I thought it was, I thought it was pretty good. Here comes the carnival. Okay. Well, yeah, no, just like, uh, it, um, like you said, like the whole album was kind of really upbeat for me. Yeah. Like I listened to it with two of my homies that like they're, they're longtime juggalos too, like longer than I've been down. Like, um, and I listened to it with them first time right off the bat too. They hadn't listened to it up until they listened to it with me. Yeah. And, uh, they said it was really pop, like upbeat, really poppy. And like, just in, just as a juggalo, just in general, like, I'm just going to throw this out there after 09, like starting with Bing Pop Boom, it kind of all started there and feel like most juggalos will give like that era and that point as like a beginning of a different feel. Mm. And especially this, this, this whole deck, um, like, uh, Phantom was really good. Uh, I like the EPs in between the cards, but just in general, his deck's been really like family friendly and like upbeat and like, not that that's a bad thing and not that I'm like, kudos to them for going in a different direction. That's totally awesome. Just like as a juggalo personally, yeah. I like that wicked shit. Like that's why I like ICP. I like Tell's Pit. Like I liked fucking Juggle Brother. Like that was my shit. Yeah. And like, so it's, it's just hard for me as like a juggalo just because like I like them for that specific reason. Yeah. And the, the upbeatness is just like, like it's just not my cup of tea, I guess. No, I'm gonna, I, I, I'm, I'm gonna put two cents on that. Then I'm gonna hand it over to Brad. Like, there was a period when that first came in that I, it was a little too soft for me. But like, when I look back on it now, you know, I, you almost gotta come to there. I think that they're more musically taking responsibility for the culture they're molding. So like, yeah, they'll have their wicked shit that's awesome, but they also have these like more mellower, melodic, positive stuff, which I think is it might not be the wicked shit, but it's a yin to the yang where you know. I, that that music's very important for a certain juggalo to hear. You know what I mean? So, like, that's why I think they do that. And I think that it's more of a conscious thing that they're doing because they're like, you think about how many people look up to them and the words they say. You know what I mean? It's like, like it's kind of like the it's kind of like the the Queens thing a little bit. We'll get into that a little later. But like, I thought that song that was that was a long time coming. And, yeah, that was really interesting too. I had me and my homies had some interesting takes yeah, on that. Yeah. But I think that yeah. it's I think it's what I think it's more of a thing where yeah, they are getting older. They are getting more you know, there's more production in it, but I do think they're consciously trying to be a little more positive because like, you know, I love negative killer music, but like if you listen to negative killer music twenty four seven, you're almost gonna be in you know, it, it rah rah rise you up so long and then it, it can kinda put you back in a dark place, so to speak. And like right. I just I feel like that's kind of their where they're going with it, Brad? What, what 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 did you want to add? I know we had a little miss up audio wise before. Sure, yeah, uh, my connection cut. I don't. I hope it won't do that too much more. 
Um, I don't know how much you heard, but I would say kind of along these lines, that shift towards the positivity. Um, and there was a lot of this in this, in, in this album, that shift. It's also something kind of cool that they did. And I think that kind of fits with the theme of the music or of the album itself. Um, and welcome to the carnival is a perfect example of that. Cause if you just hear that and don't listen to it, it sounds like a really upbeat, happy ass sing song, Roddy Daw kind of yeah. song. But the lyrics of it are sick. It's a wicked song. It's not pleasant. And I really like that. It's one of the kind of overall connecting themes that I see on the album is a contrast between this song and the song Carnival of Lights, which is right near the end of the album. I view those as the Jake Jekyll and Jack Jekyll of this album, if we want to stretch out the connection to the fifth Joker's card, in that they both sound pleasant and seductive and nice, and you want to go and be a part of that. But once you dig beneath it, Welcome to the Carnival is a dark carnival. It's not a good place, right? It's killing and spreading people. The blood rain comes down. It's seducing you into that, but it's warning you. You're going to get fucked up. Yeah. really like that kind of dichotomy of it all sounds nice and pleasant, other than wretched, which is kind of an outlier. But when you get beneath it, there's some, there's some really heinous stuff going on. And I think that kind of fits with the theme of the album of be careful who you're trusting and listening to and loyalty and all that. So this, that opening second track really, really did it for me. I liked one other thing I found in this album is they did a lot of tracks where they do like a half of the track and then completely flip it. Yeah. A little bit of that with the outro of here comes the carnival and on insomnia and the jokers, those are slap nuts. They did that too. And that's something I've missed. They used to do a lot more of that. So to me, this album or that song really set a good precedent for the album. Sure. Yeah, the, the part, cool. the, the, I'll say one last thing about the positive stuff. It's like the kind of like the first real, I guess, positive moving. I mean, you got like down with the clown and stuff like that. That's kind of very positive. But like, I'd have to go to the unveiling. You know what I mean? When they did that, the car, the car, you know, the, the God thing, like that. That was fucking heavy. You know, that was like super fucking heavy for anybody that was listening at that time, which both of you were. And like when that came in, you were just like, whoa. It was really impactful. That that song was actually, ironically, I had that stuck in my head earlier. It just popped into my head. But like that one is like really starting kind of like that whole positive kind of affirmation kind of stuff. Like from there, they really kicked it off, though. There's, yeah, for sure. And, uh, but, like, you, you think of that. Like, there's people that when they sing that song, they cry. Or, you know, and people that tell them, I heard that song and I cry. And as an artist, you're going to want to pull that em- you're gonna want to pull that emotion out of people because psychologically it's healthy for people to cry. You know what I mean? So, like, if you could bring that, if you could make somebody, and that's not a sad, that's everybody crying because they're so happy that they're so together. You know what I mean? It's, 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 it's a happy cry. You know what I mean? Did you see that track at a Wonka tour or at the gathering recently? Did I see it? You, you said you saw that one live, right? Uh, the unveiling? No, I haven't seen the unveiling live, though. Oh, okay. I was just, it's such a rare one. I was excited. That's, that, I really hope to see that one live Sunday. They don't do it the, much. Um, I get you. I, get I, you. I, I remember it coming out. Like, it was Hell's Pit. Like, yeah. it was, yeah, the shit girl at Hell's Pit area. It's oh, I remember yeah. listening to it when it came out, and like everybody was like super tripping. Dude, I was like but, but I, during yeah, well during the conference or during the whole um the little their little uh 
uh, what is it called? But the the thing they do during the gathering where they like talk about the upcoming albums, they pretty much like spelled yeah. it out. The, the seminar at the, the gathering before that, yeah. Yeah, I was ashamed of myself. I said other people because when I heard that song, I had a tear in my eye. God damn it! All yeah, right, I was gonna lie. I'll I admit was, it, I motherfucker. I, I fucking cried to that shit. It was weird. It was a weird one for me. I grew up in like a religious family, right? And so the whole time I loved ICP, they thought they were the devil and they were like, fuck them. You know what I mean? I, I went to this religious thing called Acquire the Fire in a stadium. And I remember at one point as a juggalo, I was standing in there and they had this big gigantic screen showing all these people that were the devil. And I remember ICP popped up on it and I laughed really hard. I was like, holy Jesus. And, uh, so when they said it was all the God about God, like that moved me because like I, they've always dropped hints. You know what I mean? They've, they're good people that do, I guess, bad things. That's kind of like their deal. And you, if you really get into it, you can follow the fact that they're good hearted people that they're just killing off these bad people. They're kind of, you know what I mean? So like when you finally get to a place that it's like, they're just telling they, that that's pretty much them telling you the deal. Yeah. It's yeah. yeah. Cool. I always use about that is, um, um, the, the teaser for the race. Um, when when Jay says, uh, "Let our music do the killing for you." You'll be yeah, right. simply yeah. blood. That's my favorite line. Oh my gosh! <laughs> Sorry, that's like literally <laughs> old, like, <laughs> only couple posts on my Facebook. Oh my goodness, that's fucking. That's what's up, dude. And simple that was a blood. freebie track. That's a great track. Yeah, anytime I make somebody like an ICP mixtape, I'm still like that old guy who does that shit. <laughs> simple and blunt was track number one because it lays everything out so perfect. My, yeah. uh, my first show was to get too, so I got to see like the race unveiled for the first time and all that. I was 18, I had just finished school, and first thing I did was just run off to the gathering. And so the race was a really special time. Then 18 years old, like I came out listening to that track. Oh man. Yeah. If I could go back, brother. Fuck yeah. I didn't do the gathering until way way later in life. I was spending we we did we do films, so I was spending all my money on trying to make my make myself somewhere at that place. But now I have a podcast. We do movies still too, though. It's okay. Let's not get sad. Let's not get sad on everybody. Um, next up, Wretched. Uh, this was the first jam they kind of released, I believe, to the public through the music video. Um, I didn't know much. About, I guess the dude who did the music video was like famous for what he did. Like his mashup of like um, clips and videos or something like that. It was a cool video. I liked the wretched video. The song's really good too. What'd you guys think of the song? I really liked the song. Um, like I, it really reminded me a lot of like old school Jay. There was a lot of like variation throughout like his vocals that were like you could it, like expanded all of like ICP's like career. It was it was really cool to hear like the the diversity of it. Um, and it was pretty wicked. I really liked it. I liked the video and I really liked that this was like a, like a standalone kind of on the album. It like really like kind of made it worth it from the get in the first three songs. Yeah. I'm with that. Wicked is right. Fuck me. (laughs) (laughs) Um, this one took a little bit longer to sit with me. Um, it was the first single and I was really anticipating this album by this point with all the delays. And I wasn't sure what to make of Wretched at first. To me, it felt more like like a Halloween track. Yeah. I was kind of trying to figure out where it would fit into the album. And for the first little while I listened to the album, that's the track I was most likely to skip just because I was so familiar with it. But it's settled since then, and I think it opens up a nice tone to the depths of, like, unpleasantness that can come from, you know, betrayal, treachery, all these things the album covers. 
So it's grown on me since then. And as a standalone song, like if it was a Hello Wicked song, it would be really tight and like sick as hell, like you say. And yeah, it it took a little while for me to like see where it fits on the album, but I've really come around to it, no doubt. Yeah, I agree with that. Cool. <laughs> I liked it. All right, next up, Clown Dripping, to talk, a song I did not like. It was my least favorite song on the album. Um, okay. Yeah, I'll just say one more negative thing and pass it on. I don't think there was any part of the song I liked, but next up, who wants to go next? Oh, man. Okay. So my hope, both my, both my homies said the same thing. This was not their favorite song on the, on the album. Honestly, yeah. like, I, I'm always like the odd person out when it comes to my opinions. So I'm not surprised, but I like this song. Yeah. I thought the beat was decent. Like, I like the line about Brock Lesnar because I, I watch wrestling and I was a Goldberg fan. I actually hate Brock Lesnar. Yeah. So like, I thought it was really super funny. Um, I, I thought the rhymes were wicked. Like, honestly, I thought it was, I thought it was overall pretty fucking good, dude. But I got the same reaction. Like, my two homies were like, no, this is, but I mean, I, I'm used to being the, the weird one. So yeah. I thought it was pretty dope. And honestly, throughout the whole, whole album, this is probably the one that I would probably listen to the most. Really? Just, yeah. Because okay. I like the, and it's funny. Yeah. Is it fun? What, what is drip? What did dripping mean? What's, what's clown dripping mean? Is that how you're dressed, I think, or something? I don't know. I'm not hip enough to understand it. Me neither. I don't know the link. Like, I'm not, I wasn't a hundred. I was just, I guessed maybe. Yeah. Just like, like freshness, dripping freshness. I don't know. It's got to be I'm, probably I'm, that. I'm, yeah. I'm old school as fuck. I don't know all this like new age terminology. The beat was very new age, too. Yeah. yeah. Which the one thing that I, I, I give him a lot of credit for is, like, when you see acts that have kind of been ge- through generations, you know what I mean? They've, they've been able to change their production sound perfectly to keep up with what they do as well as, like, the modern hip-hop, you know what I mean? Hell, yeah. They're always kind of this weird mirror to what's going on in the rest of the world, and I like yeah. that. Yeah, I saw that Mikey Clark commented that he liked the uh, the production value on it. So, like, even though, I mean, even though everything that's gone on in, in like, the past, everything in the world, like, um, at least, like, you know, somebody who produced the wicked shit back in the day, like, still, like, gives them credit for, for still being, like, fresh and, like, still being modern and coming, coming to it and, like, still, like, bringing it, though. Yeah. I think yeah, Mikey yeah. Clark said he only liked one song. I could be wrong, though. I think he said he liked one person's beat, and that was it. Oh, it was just like a general. I saw it on Instagram or Twitter. It was just a general, like, I could oh, the, the album was good. Yeah. It was a bit of both. He liked it on the whole, and he gave special shout out to uh, Puma for Here Comes the Carnival. Yeah. And that was his favorite. I mean, I'd love to see them team up again. Mikey Cole, oh, They all make their best music together. Hells yeah. I, always, I thought he was the third member forever. I consider him the third member. He is the third member. Yeah, no disrespect to any old producers. Some good stuff has come out lately, but it's always been Mike. You know, fucking juggle of love here for Mike. <laughs> for real. Woo-woo. We got... Um, me, Drew, with a little bit of a slow burner as well. Um, I've come around to it quite a bit. There's a lot of, like, fun lines, and I don't even mind singing along in my car to the weird-ass chorus and all that. Yeah. Um, I think one thing, like, one trend in this album was that the arrangement was a lot different from your typical Joker's card. You know, yeah. usually it goes like 
I think we can all see like a general pattern joke as cards. Usually you can go like an intro track, then a track about the character, and then what you call like a shit talking track, right? Yeah. And the show must go on to in your face and stuff like that. And to me, Colin Drippin's kind of that shit talking song is just a little bit further down on the album, the same way that uh, Don't Touch That Flower. Yeah. But they put it way down. It's a neat arrangement. Yeah. Yeah, it's fun. It's interesting. You know what I mean? We got Gangsta Code next up, which I like this song a lot. I thought this song was really cool. Um, I thought that this had some, some, some twisted disses in there. You know what I mean? Um, probably not in directly just at them, but just everybody, you know, that they kind of have issues with at the time. There's usually like a, a track they'll put in that's kind of going at everybody in a way. What'd you guys think of this one? Um, yeah, I could see that. I, it, it, I don't really know. It didn't really fit in the album with me, but like just, just, just the concept maybe. And I heard a lot of the slides towards what well, being a juggalo. I, tend to think you know obviously with everything going on mm. um words twisted but like me and my homie were like i was like dude what do you think she's like i'm struggling i was like i don't know man just the melody is really just too it's too upbeat it's just like too like i don't know i, I really like icp for the like difference in and bees from like west coast to east coast and like just the just the the uniqueness and this just sounded really just like I don't know, just f- too fun to be like that kind of song. You know what I mean? Not here, yeah. I mean, it, I think it was a meta. Like that all when it winds up at the end, I think it's all a metaphor for how beef really kills you. Like you could hate somebody all you want, but it's just venom in your own soul type deal. Um, and yeah, no, I agree. I'm with you on that. Uh, I like I like the song. I thought it was really cool. They, I liked the the chorus. I thought it was cool too, and it 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 had a. It was gloomy. It was almost a sad. It was a sad chorus because they're talking about people that they used to be really close with. I feel that like they have to push away because you forced me to do this to you. You know what I mean? Type deal. Even though it has the wraparound of it being Jay at the end. Would you guys yeah. think of that whole element of it being Jay at the end? The story, telling a story again. Go ahead, man. Um. I liked it. I wasn't surprised by it. It reminded me a little bit of all the twists in uh, The Pendulum's Promise back in the day. Yeah. Um, the delivery of it where he stops rapping and just acts it out could have been a little bit better in my mind. It slowed the track. Like, it just went on a bit too long. I think it's probably about 20 seconds of him being like, wait, I can't see myself in the mirror. Let me check this blanket and shit. That, to me, dragged on a little bit too long. It could have either been a rap or just a much shorter um, spoken part. Yeah. But, way that it cuts straight back into the chorus I liked. Um, the song jumped out to me from the get as a good one, and I think it's slowly settling a little bit lower. It's one of those ones that I, I caught on to quicker, and, but it does, I don't know if it has as much staying power for some of the others. Um, but I liked it. It really reminded me of a murder ground in a lot of ways. It is covering similar ground to that, and I appreciated it. But yeah, the sing-songiness, um, I don't think it's one that I'll play as much as some of the others, but definitely has its merits. Yeah, like if you want to bump a song in your car, you might not want to listen to that. But if you're at home doing something, you just want something kind of mellow and chill and relaxed, melodic in the background, that's great for that. Yeah. All right, next up we got Queens. Okay. I I like this song. I know a lot of people, I've heard a lot of people not like this song. I liked it. I kind of thought it was a long time coming. Um, You know, I think we've all seen some 
some juggalos that could probably treat their ladies a little better than they do. You know what I mean? Um, and I thought that, you know, a lot of the stuff I see people rap about, you know, about the sex shit and stuff. It's like, it was a lot for fun stuff, but I think a lot of people took that to heart and kind of treated people not quite cool. So I'm kind of glad this song came out and said, Hey, yeah, that, that, that's the shine behind you. Maybe you should treat her good. You know what I mean? Um, I, I like the chorus a lot. I thought I, I liked uh, just about everything about this. This is, one of those, this is a solid song. Uh, what'd you guys think about Queens? Um, okay. I, I'm just going off of just being first. So, yeah. um, so, okay. So as a female, I'm just going to give my intake. Um, there's like a couple different angles from this as a female, as a juggalo. Mm-hmm. Um, as, and then from where I'm, where I'm from, like, I, I, I don't know. I'm not really like girly. I'm pretty scrub. I'm pretty like pretty down to earth. I, I wear trip pants and dickies in the day. I wear extra large t-shirts with holes in them. Like, I, I don't know. I'm not feminine or whatever, but none of the, none of the ICP is real like sexist stuff. Like you can hear it, but it never really affected me. Like you said, it was for fun. It's a joke. Yeah. It, it made me laugh. And especially cause like, I'm not that, like that type of like like that type of chick so i i didn't really think that they were talking directly to so i carry myself that i don't fuck around so like i don't really see myself being like the target of those lyrics um and people don't treat me as such um so just the fact that they had to come out and do a song that was like dude treat your women better like that kind of sucks that it had to be said um that i do understand like the the social like element of where our society is right now so that's cool that they came out and was like modern about it and like did a song backing it up i mean rock on i totally understand and that's pretty cool that like they actually you know went through and did it especially on this album because it's supposed to be the female joker's card but in general it just doesn't sound like icp just like i know they had to change their kind of style but like it just doesn't sound like them well, I agree with you. It's not typically something you'd hear them say, but they did yeah. need to say it, I feel. Brad, you were going to say something? Yeah. Um, the, the sound isn't my favorite sound. It's like they've done similar stuff before, It's but it's growing on me. Um, the, the message of it I like a lot, though. Um, and I'll address that idea of like misogyny in ICP. Is you hear it talked about a lot, but I've certainly heard people worry about it. Um, a really brief story, like, because I don't think of them as a misogynist band, for sure. I think of them like very much like pro-equality and all that. You know, they've talked about how even juggalettes are juggalos, too. And Candace, I hear you using the term juggalo. I like that as well. Um, but I had a friend once who I was taking to a concert, and I made him listen to a bunch of the uh, lyrics beforehand. And he got the anti-racism. He got the anti-hatred like hatred and all that. But one thing that stood out to him, he, he really did think it sounded like a lot of misogynistic type stuff. And what changed his mind on that, ironically enough, was the song, when I was taken to the concert, a uh, Canadian Juggle Weekend, a couple of years back, and he did something live that actually changed his mind on that, which is funny if you think about the content of that song. Yeah. But when he saw all the jugglets getting up and bearing their shit and celebrating themselves and not giving a fuck if they're a little bit chunky or, you know, this or that, yeah. and... He 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 kind of did a complete 180 on that, and he's like, okay, I see it as more celebratory and welcoming than it is um, discriminative or hateful. And even half the time, I think they use the term "bitch." They're not necessarily talking about a girl either, are they? Exactly. <laughs> bitch could be applied to anybody. That could exactly. be, and I don't see the gender. I don't see like gender lines like that. Like I I 
like just do me and like you could be a pussy you could be a bitch you could be whatever like that doesn't necessarily apply to a male or a female it's your attitude it's how you're it's how you're carrying yourself so like yeah. like that all doesn't it doesn't really like enter into my head like that so I guess I've always carried myself with like an air of like respect you know like I'm no different than anybody else I don't see myself like as that type of role and like anybody could portray that it's not necessarily a gender direct thing right you could be a dude with Brock Lesnar's body to steal from Shaggy and still be a bitch (laughs) yeah they were doing a female card that did go through my mind like man like they're gonna have to tread a careful line particularly in this political age addressing these things and I really hope they do it right and not come off as like doubling down and misogyny and I hope the album isn't all of us fuck women they lie and they hurt me and with all the recent breakups potentially it could have been some of that and maybe there's a little bit of that in here yeah I looked yeah. at the positive and said hey we can get hurt but still look at the beautiful things and look at the people behind you building you up so I was really happy to hear that yeah it's true you know um I think, you know, they might be go this, you know, Shaggy, I think, recently got, like, married or whatever in personal life stuff. And he, in the last, you know, in Fearless Fred Fury, I forget what name the, tra- the track is, um, Freedom, maybe, I think it was, where Shaggy's actually like, you can do this, that, or you could just fall in love and live life, you know what I mean? And I think that there's a yin and a yang where, where Shaggy kind of... almost settled down and Jay's still out going wild, you know, and there's nothing wrong with either, but I think that they're really kind of letting them know that you don't, you don't have to go wild. You can settle down if that's what you want to do, which I think is when I heard him say that and that lyric, I thought that was really cool too, because they, they set so many rules by just what they say, so to speak, like what they say is took in is the law of God. You know what I mean? Sometimes literal. So, people get real, real yeah. tight about that. And I, yeah. So, so for reasons like that is why I think they kind of, they're, they're, they're doing the, the young and doing things like Queens and stuff like that, where it's like, you know, they got all these people that love them and like, they know that there's a certain percentage of that. Cause I know that Candace is a strong woman and, 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 and I don't want to say that a weak woman would do something else, but like, you could definitely say, Takes I strong and weak are the worst words I could have used right there. But you could, we could all agree that when there is there's a, a lady that wouldn't let that happen to her. There's still there's a group of people out there that would go with the flow and be treated bad to kind of fit in. You know what I mean? And I think those are the people the songs for. Like you know. They could, they go, when you're younger and you're angry and you're going around telling everybody, you know, you're not getting girls and you're in songs, you're like, suck my dick, suck my dick, suck my dick. You know, that's one thing. But when like, when you got some, there's some, they care about all their fans. When you know that you have fans that probably want to like, there's somebody that they like and they want to like them back and they're just being called over to suck their dick and that's it, like, and thrown away, like, that's fucking damaging on the person. You know what I mean? So I think they're consciously thinking about stuff like that. Uh, and I don't blame them. I give them huge fucking kudos for it because it is stepping out of their regular thing. They'd be like, look, it's kind of fucked up. You do this. It's the same thing like at the gathering when they say don't throw rocks and shit at the artist. They're like, we can't make you not do it, but we'd appreciate you not to do it. You know what I mean? It's like one go. of those things. Yeah. But. Yeah. Oh, go ahead, man. No, go ahead. Oh, yeah. The only thing I got to say is, like, I, I totally get that. And, like, that's all fine and good. That's totally awesome. But, like, it's ICP, though. Right. Like, they, like, like, black in your eyes on Carnival Carnage 
like if if I made anybody, it's it, it's not their responsibility. It's not them. Like they're ICP. Like yeah. it's just like they don't have to though. Like I'm saying that's cool and all, but if you know what I mean, it's I know just, what you mean. I'm not trying to take away from it. I'm just more saying just like it's not really like their it's not, style. It's not their duty. But who who else is going to listen? Who, who else would the juggalos listen to to straighten up? Nobody. They wouldn't listen to anybody true. else telling them to straighten up. I mean, we need to straighten up just because we're like sometimes people suck. <laughs> Everybody needs to be put in check. Everybody needs to be put in check sometimes. Once in a while, no doubt. It happens, man. It's, it's part of life. It's part of growing. You know? But no, I agree. Overall, it's a positive thing. Yeah, for sure. I agree with that completely. All right, next up we have Panic Attack. Attack, 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 attack. You know, of course, we know Jay's had these forever, unfortunately. Um, you know... I enjoyed Panic Attack. I thought, to go back to previous, I thought this had a real bizarre, bizarre, almost amazing Jekko Brothers era vibe to it uh, with the screaming. You know what I mean? That scream that he, the way they yelled, that energetic, you could tell the passion, you could feel the passion and stuff in his screams. You know what I mean? But this one I thought really had that fucking, like a throwback. Like with this track, I almost said, this could have been a song that was supposed to be on one of those albums I just mentioned but it didn't quite fit on it. So they held it in the archives and put it in the vault for a little bit and then pulled it out and either remixed it or just took, took it and redid it kind of with the same vibe. Um, that's the feel, feel I kind of got for panic attack. What'd you guys think? Yeah, I actually, this was my second favorite song on this album. I'm not going to lie. I lost my shit when I listened to the fuck the skit or uh, fuck the world skit. I was like, oh, my God, because yeah. I started listening to Richard Cheese in 2004 when Dawn of the Dead came out, when he did Down with the Sickness. I was going to so comment on that, yeah. Yeah, so I followed his career, and I was sitting next to my friend like, oh, my God, you know what this sounds like? You know what this sounds like? And then I, I freaking Googled it, and lo and behold, I was like, oh, my goodness. So I have to just put that out there first. That was my first. That was my favorite part of the song, straight hey, up. It's the same guy? It is. It is the same oh. guy. I didn't it's know it was the same guy. It is. <laughs> yes. So, like, no joke that I wish I would have recorded my um, reaction. But, so, that was my favorite part. Other than that, I totally agree. I really feel that vibe of, like, 2000-ish, like, uh, like bizarre feel. Yeah. Um, I really liked the the lines. I really liked the verses. Like, it was it was actually pretty tight. I liked the, lo- uh, the rock lace. It's, yeah. like, really, um, I don't know. I, I, I enjoy metal, so, like, it was right. a good combination for me. Yeah. No, I'm with you on that. Yeah, sure. But, yeah, I had to say, just throw that out there first, because that was my main talking point. I fucking loved that shit. I lost my mind. <laughs> yeah, well, you all covered it well. That's about everything I had to say about this one. Um, absolutely, it felt like a throwback, like Jekyll Brothers, Pendulum Era, the screaming. The fact that Jake can still pull that off with his voice is nice to hear. I bet he had to Drink a lot of fucking green teas or something when he was throwing after that. Yeah. <laughs> I remember him talking back in 2009, recording Bang Boom, how hard it was to get their voice to do shit like that. And all years later, it's only got to be more difficult. So props to that. And the other big note I had was absolutely that Richard Cheese bit. Uh, so, Candace, thanks for covering that. And you obviously know him. You're more familiar with him than me. Uh, so I got to look into him. But I was... I think, like, if I hit Spotify, like, 3 a.m. the night before Halloween, and I was laying on a cabin, staying on a vacation with my girlfriend, I was, like, in bed listening to it with earphones, and I woke up when that part came out because I busted my ass out laughing at it. 
Um, as I get older, a lot in my car, sometimes, like, instead of, like, rapping along and trying to be wicked to ICP, I'm an old ass, so I'll do that fucking, like, lounge singing style. Um, yeah. yeah, like, Dead Body Man is one of my favorites to do that, like, second I was born, Dr. Like that shit, you know? So when I heard that, it reminded me of the stuff that I did. Like, oh, damn, like, somebody else is up on that? That's funny as hell. Fuck Regret, another, you know, more positive song. I can understand when, when Juggalos say they don't dig the positive stuff, but, like, I'm getting older, and I, I, can, and I look at that consciousness thing, and I really think that that's a huge factor to it, you know what I mean? So, But I, I like the song, you know, Fuck Regret, and it's like, it's what it's... Only they could do it. Like, with it, it doesn't, like, if anybody else did it, it would almost come off corny. Like, they're so, they're good at, so good at what they do and the way they f- f- put their, their songs together that, uh, yeah, Fuck Regret was good. Another positive, very melodic, too, for, in a positive, you know. I can't hate on the positive jams, you know what I mean? What do you guys think? No, I agree. This one actually lyrically really stuck with me. Like, um... I, I really, maybe it's just the time in my life and, like, what I'm going through, but, like, I totally felt it. I was really vibing, like, like musically, methodically, and then lyrically, I was all about it. This this yeah. might be, like, I was, like I said, uh, I'll get to it later, but this might be my actual, like, number one on this, on this album, because maybe it's just where I am and how hard it hit or, like, what was going on at the time. Yeah. I listened to it, but, no, I, I really liked Fuck Regret, man. I felt it. And even if, even if some of the slides were, even, even if they were at Twisted, like, I could understand ICP's angle on it, too. You know what I mean? I think ICP also looks at Twisted as just Juggalos now. <laughs> you know what I mean? Not Nothing against Juggalos, but I, I think that Fuck Regret's telling them they should move on, too, a little bit, probably. It's, uh, you know, it's one of those, I think that's why they never really fully went at each other. You know what I mean? I don't, I don't know. know. Don't I, get on, on my opinion on that. I still <laughs> think they're gonna get. I still think they'll be. I still think there'll be a day that they'll get together one day. So I don't think Mono will let it happen. Oh, Mono's gonna be dead at that point. But you know, Jamie will get the. It'll be they'll. It'll be ICP and Jamie gonna go on tour together. Imagine that. That'd be funny. Um, we don't want anybody to die. It's okay. That would be a regret. If somebody died after I said they died, we I always thought regrets. he was Jay over anybody else, man. I thought he was going to take bite at first. Jay is, you know, nobody's, nobody's, uh, you know, nobody's, nobody's commenting on all the stress of this stuff, putting that that tension on his heart. I don't think anybody's talked about that yet. But when you, when you, and you know, whether what's either side that you fall on with this, you got to say, and I like Twisted. But, like, they never would have got to the heights without ICP. It just is what it is. You know, and they, for oh, years. This is a whole, this is a whole nother, like, that's a whole yeah. nother podcast, though. Yeah. It's, uh, it, you know, it, beef's weird. You know, there's three sides to every argument. You know, there's the, their side, the other side. I was the truth to say, deal. like, did lifestyle and just, like, the way, like, he just seems like he's lived a little more on the edge than the other. Oh, you could just say the other. Who, like, Yeah. Well, the other dude, the, you know, yeah, I think, yeah, I think, you know, Shaggy had his hard times too. Jay is an interesting character, dude. Jay is like, I, you know, I'm not, the, wouldn't say Shaggy's not a tortured soul either, dude, but Jay's like a fucking really tortured soul, dude, when you really think about it, just the way, you know, 
mental hospitals, you know, not to get per the weight gain, you know, have to be, I'm a fat dude, so I can say it, but like going up and down like that ain't good for you. You know what I no, mean? No, I totally agree. I, I was just saying, like, I always imagine that if anybody, we're really lucky as jugglers to not have experienced a loss like that and have them be this old and have them have produced that much, like yeah. in, in retrospect of like fans. But like, just, I always assume that, you know, Jay was just going to be the first. Well, I think Jay. And then works. obviously he 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 uh, announced his heart uh, his heart issues. So yeah, that was a relief for me, man, when he did that because like I, I was with Candace, like watching him during the uh, like house party shows and all the Patreons. Oof. I was getting pretty worried about that dude. So uh, having him actually acknowledge that something's wrong and try to make a change is refreshing. It, it makes me think life than I was beginning to worry about because if if he kept ignoring that shit and going on like that. Oof. Like, I don't know if we'd have had him for long. Yeah, dude, that would have been awful. Like, you know, everybody dies, you know what I mean? But you want to keep him around as long as possible. And, like, it's the the juggalo world is not going to take that. That, you know, I wouldn't want to go out there and say that he, he ain't going to be the only juggalo dying on that day uh, because I, I don't want to go there. But um, I feel like that's going to be his fucking – Big day, I think we're really lucky as fans because, like, their lifestyle, their touring, their music, just the way, just the 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 environment of it, like, yeah. like uh, okay. rock stars have died for less, like right. jugglers. That's going to be devastating. I don't think people like really consider it. I think like a lot of people take it for granted how lucky we've been for thirty years at least. Thirty years, yeah, for sure. You know, did you ask me back in '99 when I discovered them? If, you know, 20 some years later, that's still going to be going on. I would have never guessed that. Yeah. Uh-uh. Not I should be, man. There's like, there's, you know. Well, to be fair, the time is, the time is supposed to crumble already, to be fair. You know, the end of the world yeah. is supposed to happen, but. So. Anyways, <laughs> it's sorry. Coming. It's still crumbling. The, 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 the crumbling of time itself is still on its way, ladies and gentlemen. Don't worry. Um. But yeah, that big that you got it. Yeah, I think that's part of the conscious thing too. Is like he understood, even if he didn't want to take care of himself, which it, it, at times it felt like he didn't. Like I think you come to a place where I think he knows the impact that that is going to happen when he when he when he passes. That he's trying to for more more reason than just his own personal self. He's trying to keep keep himself going longer than he can. You know what I mean? Yeah, he's trying to better himself. I'm good on him for it for sure. For sure. But I think he's good because, I mean, you know, he, he sobered up. The juggalo world's nothing but love, especially towards fucking Jay. You know what I mean? I mean, there's people that will say things, but I don't if, – if they were face-to-face to never say those things, and if something happened, they would feel bad that they said those things. It's kind of like when you have a good friend and you guys beef for a little bit, but you still care about him. You just think he's being a shithead at the time. You know what I mean? It's like one of those deals. But – um Insomnia. Insomnia I liked. I almost kind of break this the album down into like three categories of songs I really liked, I thought were cool, and then didn't really like. And there's not too many really like clown drippings in that don't really like. But I'd have to I'd put Insomnia in the middle tier. I didn't think it was one of the better songs on the album, personally, but uh, it wasn't terrible or anything. Where, where did Insomnia fit for you guys? Um, I really I really liked it. Um, it it kind of it kind of hit home just because like I deal like just especially ICP in general I deal with a lot of mental health issues I deal with a lot of like being 
different and dealing with stuff that like the average person doesn't really deal with on a daily basis and just reflecting like how that affects somebody. Um, just lyrically, I thought it was really, I don't know. I thought it was pretty cool. Um, it was, it was kind of like I said, for the overall tone of the whole album, it's kind of a beat for me just in general. But, um, no, I, I, especially for ICP, I really identify with the craziness of it. You know what I mean? Yeah. It was throwback. This and, you know, this could have been from, 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 you know, the vibe at least, like the theme of it is straight, like bizarre, bizarre, you know, that pop off, you know what I mean? They had weird, they're putting, you know, after the Malenko, they kind of blew up. And then I think around that, the Shangri-La, that was another peak for them, I think, you know what I mean? And I think that they're coming, there was a little bit of a gap, you know, not in quality of music or anything, just in like, boom. And I think that they're kind of coming in, coming into it again. You know what I mean? I'm, I'm very curious. What did have, has anybody said what happens after the next Joker's card? Is there like a, is there some, or, you know, are they going to go into a third deck? Or? No, I haven't heard anything. I, cause with slowing down with the, with the touring slowing down and everything, I feel like, yeah, they have more time to make music, but like, I don't know, entering, entering into another deck that you might, you're not positive you're going to be able to finish is kind of iffy. You know what I mean? I agree hundred percent, but a little while ago, they did announce that there'd be a third deck. Um, okay. during the spread. Yeah. That's a six, six, five. There's okay, yeah. Six. And then a final deck of five is their claim. Oh, really? Oh, okay. Yeah. Yeah. No, now that you heard that. Yeah. That was a couple of years back anyways. And, but they haven't announced it much since then so maybe they've second guessed that i don't know but yeah that was originally the 665 idea is another deck of five after this to complete the entire cycle all right so yeah that's what the 665 means then. all right word yeah i was wondering huh. so they're gonna leave one lingering leave one lingering out there well that means the world can never end that's what that means uh next up is heart and soul which is i can understand people saying that this song is super duper soft as fuck but i liked it a lot I like the vibe of it. They had the cameo in there by uh, Vimy Dombrowski. Uh, I forget what band he's from, but he's from a popular band. Mm-hmm. And uh, yeah, another song that I can understand people going super soft, but I dig it. It touches my heart and soul. Touches my heart and soul. You know what I mean? What do you guys think of this one? Yeah, that was not my jam. I didn't I... think it was going to be your jam. <laughs> <laughs> that was way too soft for me. I was just like, what is this pussy ass? Anyway, that's that's my comment. Yeah. Oh, um, no, it, it was soft as a baby's head, but... <laughs> um, yeah, I, I probably, you know, in my younger days, I wouldn't have liked it as much. I was more about the wicked. But yeah, the older I get, I'm... I don't even know how old I am. I'm like 37 or 38 now. Hey, me too. Yeah. And, um, yeah, nowadays I'll fucking sit in my car and be like, fuck it, yeah, yeah, getting behind that positivity because, um, I mean, I've had enough negative. I'm done with that shit. And right. I love the wicked shit. I'm not talking bad on it. But, yeah, sometimes a thing like Heart and Soul, I don't mean, I don't mind feeling a little bit cheesy. Um, if it was just Vinny Dabrowski or whatever and some, like, other backing band, I'd probably fuck that shit. But, <laughs> <laughs> help me take it a little bit lighter and like you know not take it so serious and like i i have a laugh and i have a good time i like that song a lot yeah i dig it okay i guess i'll just throw that i'll just throw it in there like that really i i still bump hell's pit dude like i will still get up in the morning and fucking put hell's pit on to start my day like time is like irrelevant to me so like 
I guess it's just like a reflection on age, I guess, and maturity and like getting older in itself. And yeah. like, like an example of a bigger picture of like how, how people change with getting older. Just because mm-hmm. like, I'm a kid at heart. I still watch cartoons. Like, oh, yeah. I still like, you know, watch Blues Clues and shit. So like, I don't know. That's not really a concept for me, but I can see like how it affects like the, the, the people in the bigger picture of it. Yeah. But just because maybe y'all are like, I don't know, older than me. I don't know. Just it seems like than, yeah. Yeah. everybody gets really like soft. I'm, I, I'll still get up and fucking like fuck, fucking <laughs> wicked shit, dude. I'm like Patrick Bateman. I celebrate their whole catalog. You know what I mean? Hell, good reference. <laughs> Thank you, sir. Uh, when you get older, Candice, you'll appreciate the softer stuff. You'll go. I'm not that. I'm not that young. I'm 28. I know. I get the concept. I'm just like <laughs> I'm a kid at heart. When you get into your teenage years, you'll you'll appreciate those uh, those softer songs. Oh my god! Hey. I wrote that. Like, okay, I remember when Six Ninjas came out with the fucking green mixtape, man. Word up. Do you remember uh, Three Ninjas? No. Ah, there it is. No. <laughs> yum yum. No yum yum. That's the, wasn't one of them called Yum Yum? Tom Tom, I think. Tom Tom. Okay, I was going to say, I thought we had something going on here. Yeah, the, the little flowers out of the vase isn't. They thought it was that Bedlam group. It's actually the Three Ninjas from the old movie. <laughs> oh, okay. Yeah. Okay. No, I heard about that. Yeah. You know, I remember. I get you something. Yeah. What the movie? I heard. The I heard movie? about that. Like, did anybody confirm that? I mean, it looks exactly like them, but I don't think they have beef or anything. I don't know why they would be there. Maybe they just thought it looked cool and just like. Yeah. Got the idea, maybe roughly. Maybe a little shout out. Yeah. Who knows. Well, I mean, it's almost, I don't think, it'd be a, it'd be a bad shout out almost. Cause I'd look at it as like the way I would, those people would be like, uh, the weeds that are t- trying to corrupt as well. You know what I mean? Uh, hmm. Yeah, I see that, but man, they could make a Joker's card called like the shithead loser. And if they, yeah. like, hell yeah, I'm the shithead loser. You know? <laughs> that's good. That's the EP. That would be an EP name. One way or another. <laughs> So we got the drunk in the attic, which I think is the most personal song on the whole album. Yeah, you know what yeah. I mean? They're both talking about both their struggles and their demons. You know what I mean? Which cool. That's what, that is kind of an important song too. I feel because a lot of people out there struggling. So the fact that they can kind of relate, um, which is cool. It had a La Coca Nostra shout out in it, which I thought was funky. I thought that okay. was cool. We'll shout out La Coca Nostra too. What up? Um, but yeah, you know. The drunk in the attic, the attic in the drunk. I like their play on words with that. You know, the drunk in the attic, like attic in the house, attic, you know what I mean? Uh, that's what I gathered at least. But yeah, I thought this was really cool. I liked it because it was, it was fucking dark. It had a great vibe and uh, it was like honest. It was very honest. You know, there's a lot of storytelling in their, in their music a lot, but I thought that this was a really honest, almost Joe and Joey type jam. You know what I mean? Yeah. What do you guys think? I totally agree. Like this one was really like reflective of a lot of the stuff that they've dealt with personally and like just coming out the other side and then just trying to relate that to other people that are still struggling and like what people are going through right now and like trying to be like a positive like message and really trying to put it out there that like they, they understand and like going back to like the connectivity to the juggalos and like really like being personal and showing that vulnerability is like, really cool to see from them like 
it's really nice to see the honesty and like just the comparative to their own lives. Cause ICP doesn't like do that really blatantly very much. Yeah. Like a lot of it's like really symbolism or like a lot of it's really uh, metaphorical and stuff, but like just, just having them just be that open is really cool because that is a really personal thing. And I think that was really cool to relate to a lot of jugglers like that, especially in the subculture, just even under the umbrella of being like outside the norm, a lot of people struggle with, with those addictions. And I thought that was really cool of them to at least like, you know, put it out there uh, on their own personal way. Yeah. I can tell when you get older, you're going to like those positive songs. I can tell. I can tell already. Oh my God, I feel so old. Like a little seed. <laughs> That's what everybody said. Everybody's older than me. All my homies, everybody's at least five years older than me. And like, I'm just like, dude, that's not fair. Yeah. Hey, better to be young than old. <laughs> you might always love the wicked shit. I'm just. Yeah. Yeah, you always love it. Okay, I'll get there. For sure. For sure. Always love it, Doogie. You know. This one was really personal, and I like that, the drunk in the attic. Um, yeah. And there's a lot more of that on deck two, isn't there? Like on deck one, I don't know if they ever even used their first names at all. Right. But on this new deck, you hear Joe and Jolene reference a lot. They've referenced their kids, each other, things going on in their life, whereas that used to be like kind of in the background. They were more cartoon characters, and now they're more... And that's a really neat transition between the two decks. Um, I think the other one, like the first deck is more about like the afterlife and the reflection of you. And this deck is more just how you actually live in the moment. Um, so that's a neat thing. Um, and this song is really cool because it's something like it came out just weeks after Jay kind of acknowledged his problems. I think we all knew about his problems or at least had some ideas, but he finally acknowledged and got treatment. Whereas Shaggy's been sober for like seven years, eight years. Yeah. Yeah, so they're at such different points in their journeys, but coming together to make this song, I, I thought that was kind of cool. Like, I almost want to see that conversation of Jay, like, still in that, struggling with it, coming to Shaggy and be like, "Yeah, you you buried this, and you don't even talk about it much." But what if we put it all out there on a song? Yeah, Shaggy was strong. Was pretty strong lyrically strong on this album too, just like Fearless Fred Fury, where like in the past. There's been eras where, like, he wasn't as prominent, you know what I mean? Um, you mean? Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Shaggy, this deck, I think Shaggy's uh, the heavyweight. Um, yeah. He really, really impresses me more and more as we get go on. Yeah, I'm with that for sure. Yeah, I want to give a little quick shout-out just back to the end of Insomnia and that uh, Joke in My Mind reference. Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, I, I forgot to mention it at the time, but thought that fade out. I didn't love Insomnia until it clicks over and he goes to sleep, and then it's that sleeping and dreaming. That I can just vibe to all day. And the joke in my mind, that used to be one of my favorite songs when I was young and discovered that song. So fuck that. Really put a smile on my juggle face. Yeah, that was one of those moments where, like, what I was saying, that the, no, nobody can really, the way they mash up their, what they do in modern hip-hop, like, that's one of those, with that auto-tune, like, that's one of those moments I was like, they can take the tricks of current times and use it to their, with their, put it in their toolbox, you know what I mean, which is good. Yeah. Make so, it entirely good. Yeah. All right, everybody, don't touch that flower. We'll be right back. All right, next up, don't touch that flower, which was like a good intermission song. It was almost like a second intro 
You know, if I was going to pick it apart, I'd say maybe they had both these songs in the studio and said, which one's going to be the intro? But we like them both. And they said, what do we do? Put an intro with them three quarters in. And they said, good idea, Jay, do it. You know? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Oh, I totally agree. Like, um, no, it's like a, it's like a kind of uh, furtherance of the story. It's a little more like information, like adding on to it, like yeah. more about how, how she's toxic or poisonous or like, you know, like, like warning. And like, I, I thought it was a really good, like extension of that. And it reminded me, um, Jekyll brothers esque, like, you know, uh, three quarters, two quarters of the way into that. Um, they did Jack Jekyll. So that was really cool. Like I thought, I thought that was really reminiscent and I thought it was really cool to extend the rest of her story. Like I didn't know if they were going to keep, you know, with the, with the little, pattern or like the little storyline or not but it was it was nice to come upon that and be like okay cool they're like sticking to the the concept yeah yeah i, I talked about that arrangement element earlier like this is a song i would have expected to be like track two or one um so putting it down here is an interesting choice it reminds me of how like the wraith was like the third last song or the second last song on um its album so that's a neat choice it adds to the story if this song wasn't there i feel like um it would have been missing something uh, like, it wouldn't have been as tuned into the idea of the card. And there's songs that fit, but you always need that one that kind of just directly explains, you know, for the people who don't go through the liner notes and all the interviews and know what each card is about. This one really added to that. And it's catch as hell. It actually, it wasn't my favorite when I listened to it, but every time I listen to it, I like it a little bit more. So yeah. it's one that's for me. I'm with it. Oh. We got Slapnut the Jokesters. Now this, I enjoyed this song. I thought it was cool. I'm very curious of your opinion of this. It's almost like a, um, it's almost like a suit, like a, vi- a superstar vibe a little bit when they did that one, like what they like switching it all up to be superstars. It kind of had a little bit of that vibe in it, not musically or anything, just kind of the vibe. Cause like the we're not sorry that we tricked you stuff. It's kind of like, and you hear that a lot within the juggalo community. And, uh, yeah. yeah. Um, the truth from Hell Cellar. Like, truth, this is one's for us. This song's for us. You remember that one? Yeah. Um, basically saying, like, we're assholes. Fuck you. <laughs> we do yeah. what we want. And Jokesters was kind of taking that. Like, we're not sorry if we tricked you. Everything we sold you was a lie. Like, it's them embracing their inner asshole. And right. they don't do that very much. Yeah, no, I agree. It was one of those. It's, yeah, I like when they do those. Those really make you think. Because you're like, oh, what are they trying to say here? You know what I mean? Like, I think this, the trickster is the tricks. The trick of it is that song almost in the way that like, that's where, that's how I kind of equated it to superstar where it's like, Oh, we'd do this and give up all the juggalos for just a little radio airplay and all this. And you know, they wouldn't do it, but they're talking about like that. I thought, I thought the jokes too was like that a little bit where it was kind of like this. It was trickery. It's just straight up trickery. You know what I mean? I was, I was curious of what your take was and if it was kind of a shot or what it was, you know? Mm-hmm. I think you're right. I think you're right. I think you're right. You mentioned the uh, selling out like uh, mainstream fans and all that. Did you do uh, Ray Day Leander back in the day? What was it? Did you do uh, Ray Day way back in the day? Ray Day? Ray Day. Remember that during the uh, No, I didn't do Ray Day. Is that where they did the, the like the, the go and find all the stuff? No, it's when you buy it and give it to, out to a stranger, basically. There I've heard, yeah, I didn't do that, but I knew that, yeah. I only yeah. I only give myself things I buy, unfortunately. <laughs> yeah. I, <need> <laughs> I call it Matt Day. 
Yeah. <laughs> but, um, um, <laughs> yeah. Yeah, that's when it's interesting. Um, I, don't know where say, I don't even know what people end up calling it between jokesters and slap nuts. That's kind of an interesting little mix-up. But I liked it. It's another one that has a weird outro with uh, can't fuck with the jungle shit. And, and I liked that. Yes. And it's, it's kind of a wicked song. I bet you like this one a lot. <laughs> it was all right. Um, my first impression, like, I get the whole, like, we're not sorry that we tricked you. I get, like, coming out like that. But, like, as a juggalo and as, like, that little kid in me, my inner self was kind of, like, took it personally. And, like, I was, like, kind of, like, oh, you know, like, like nothing is sacred in this world and everything is bullshit. And, like, I, I totally get the concept. And it was, like, a good representation and stuff. But, like, on, on the other side of that, I was just like, oh, come on, guys. But, no, I, I get it. I mean, it was pretty good. Overall, I, I really like the the like the definition of it. Like, just for ICP, I, I totally understand. And it was, it was decent. Yeah. It was, um, well, Slap Nuts is reference to Double J Jeff Jarrett, the wrestler, calling everybody Slap Nuts. So I think I think you, that that Brad was right when he was saying they were doing their asshole thing, kind of like that song where he's like, "I'm a dickhead." Uh, I forget the name of the track, dude. Uh, but you know, Jay's like, "I push old ladies out in front." You know that that one. Um, I think it's kind of that vibe. You know what I mean? Where they're just kind of like like Brad was saying, 100. percent I agree with him. Where they're just trying to they're making you think, but playing characters. You know what I mean? Yeah, I I totally it it was it wasn't too it wasn't too bad overall. Like it wasn't my favorite, but yeah. it wasn't the worst. I think they were trolling like uh, the Juffalos, if you will. Kind of, yeah, yeah. I could totally see that. You know what I mean? They know they were going to talk about it. You know what I mean? It'd be like, get all right. which is good. It was fun. Slap nuts, you know. It was all good times. Double J, Jeff Jarrett. Well, just to apply it, I love the Jeff Jarrett reference. I thought of that as well as soon as I saw Slap Nuts and I was expecting a silver guitar across my head. But, yeah. <laughs> but um, to tie it to the theme of the album, I wonder if it's kind of like taking it as like, you know, the album is about, you know, misplaced faith and disloyalty and who you really put your faith and trust into. And I wonder if it's kind of playing on like, hey, you don't even trust us. Like, rethink everything. We're not your heroes. We're not your role models. You know, we can be dicks too. And just kind of play on that. Like, we're not serious. We trick you. We're just people. Like, we're not. Well, okay, the, that's a really good take on it. That really is. Because keeping with the regret theme, it's kind of like to, to the people that thought they've turned their, like, the ICP turned their backs on them. If you think you, if you regret liking us, then we're not sorry we tricked you. You know what yeah. I mean? Right. Bitch, I'm fine. Know what I mean? Damn that's it. next up. <laughs> Bitch, I'm fine was a fun jam. You know what I mean? It, it, it sat kind of in the middle ground, like I was saying before for me. Um, but I still liked it. You know what I mean? I thought it was real cool. What you guys think of Bitch, I'm fine? I thought it was fun. I really like, I, I felt like that a lot just because like a lot of the shit that I deal with. And I, I just play it off all the time. So like, it really, I, I related. I thought it was really funny. I, it made me laugh and it like brought, brought my spirit up. I was like, exactly. I'm like, motherfucker, I'm good. I'm fine. Get the fuck out of here. So I don't know. I, I really, I really liked it. They hit the target then because that's what they're going for. You know what I mean? Yeah. The song's kind of about like, I'm getting older and falling apart, but it's all right. You know, yeah. well, it, it's going to happen. You know, don't worry about it. Yeah, it's, I mean, you just said I'm falling apart. And I, I thought of that song from Lost. 
feel like they're recognizing how it feels to just begin to fall apart and feel like shit. And this yeah. is putting that positive spin on it. But it's just like, I'm falling apart, but <laughs> what is, you know, I'm good. Yeah. And I'm, yeah. Yeah. I'm not, I'm not dead or dying yet. Like I'm not in the hospital. Like motherfucker, I'm good. Mm-hmm. Don't worry about it. Don't worry too much about me. And it, it goes well with uh, Jay just having announced his, um, yeah, as well for him to bring that up and be like, you know what? Yeah, I'm doing all this. I'm working on it, but I'm fine. I think uh, that really represents Jay, especially with the heart thing and the stuff he's going through. Like it took him a while to tell anybody and like to come out. And like, I think a lot of it was just being that vulnerable for him. And he's just, I think that's a reflection. He's like, nope, I'm fine. Like, don't even like, it's not that big a deal. Well, that's the thing, you know, heart, hard, um, what's he got? Heart failure. Heart, I got some in the family and it's like, it's no good, of course, but it's not like a death. It's not like you're dead tomorrow type deal. As long as you yeah, kind of treat you it. Knew that everybody was going to overreact. Of course. We just, just heart failure. Somebody says heart right. failure. You think they're right. dead already. They like to jump to conclusions from time to time too. So yeah, yeah. you know. What I, mean? so I, I thought it was a really good representation of just the way Jay carries himself with all the stuff that he's going through. Just like don't don't trip. He's telling us like don't worry about it. Like bitch, right. I'm, mm-hmm. I'm fucking good. Yeah, and that protectiveness as well. Of like I don't want you to worry. I've got this. This is on me. Like I, I'm kind of that way too with my own shit. You know, if I'm having a bad day, if I'm sore or something. I try not to bring that shit up. I bury it. That's the best approach, probably. I should probably be more vocal if we want to be therapists, but we're not. We're on a fucking podcast, goddammit. Yeah. Motherfucker, we're good. So, it's the kind of positivity I really like in their songs. It's uh, self-abasing, it's kind of fun, and singing along that chorus is just fun as hell. I love doing it, bouncing around in my car or whatever. Big jump. I'm with it. Love it. Hell yeah. Positive shit. Um, Carnival of Lights. I fucking love that beat and that, and that chorus is fucking devastating. You know, it's one of those like, it's like a Juggalo Island type song where it's like, let's just all get together, have fun and celebrate life and celebrate what we're doing, which they do a lot of, you know what I mean? You can break it up into, you know, there's, I think somebody once said something where it was like, you know, the wicked shit's kind of ICP making music for the world. And then like the more positive stuff is like ICP making it for the juggalos to kind of yeah. like, like support music. Yeah. And I kind of vibe with that. And like, that's what carnival lights is, is kind of letting you know that like, you know, don't get down. Like it's all, you know, you're all coming together for the big show type deal. That's a really cool association, Matt. I hadn't thought of that. Um, I think what you're referring to is uh, the, the seminar 2002 when Jay was talking about uh, the race, when he said Hell's Pit is for the masses. Yeah. Uh, exactly what I was going to reference. Hell's Pit is for the rest. Yeah, yeah. Yep. And I hear that with uh, those songs. Like, this is totally a song for fucking juggalos. I referenced between like this and Welcome to the Carnival and like Dark Carnival versus like Our Carnival kind of thing. Yeah. And this song might be one of my favorites on the album. It's positive as hell. It's sappy, sappy positive. Yeah. Like the beat and the message behind it, the love of the family. We all, everybody on this um, chat and everybody listening to it probably knows what that juggle love feels like when you first walk into a gathering or a show and you're just fucking there yeah. where you need to be, right? Yeah. We all know that. And this song encapsulates that perfectly. Um, one other thing that reminds me of is actually the people as well. If you remember that song from um, Matt Four, yeah, 
That thing in the middle of both songs, they have the bridge where they're like listing like dickhead, sick man, the back yeah. and forth, like listing things before they explode back in the chorus. Yeah. And they're just very similar in the people. And I loved it then. I love it now. It just works for me in every way possible. Carnival and lights, baby. Yeah, dude, it's fucking such a great, like the melody and the beat behind it is so driving. And so it's like, it's just, it, it gives you energy hearing it. You know what I mean? I hope it's one that makes it live because the fatal ring, all that song yeah. happening. Real. I when I heard that, I definitely heard that closing the shows. I was like, "This is gonna close yeah. the tour." Yeah, the, the, yeah, uh, I you there. Sorry, you, what, go ahead. If they tour, are they doing it? Are they doing one more tour? Right? That's what they say. That's what like they say. Yeah. Tour, yeah. We'll so is that tour gonna be Yum Yum then? Uh, if it's the yeah. last one, it'll probably be like a Universal ICP tour type, thing. like oh, everything, cover everything. Yeah, that's dope, dude. And that what yeah, will happen I, is probably we all, we all plan on going. Like no matter where it's closest to us, like they'll probably do a tour, like a like a like a celebrating everything tour, and then at the gathering, you'll probably get a, a yum yum set. That'll probably be what it'll be. You know what I mean? Yeah, I really I, I dug the set for last year's gathering. The the bizarre sets were fucking sick, dude. I love Bizarre. Bizarre Bizarre is such a great double album. Yeah, that's my shit, dude. Oh my god, I could bump all that shit all day. Man, I hope they do vinyl someday. I would love the I would love the vinyl someday. People and say a lot of yeah. Everything they do it right. Oh. oh my god, like a clear, like clear. They could do a clear blue and red. That'd be the shit with like yeah, with eyes and question marks. That'd be dope. Right, yeah. that'd be fucking sick. I I remember when yeah. Smashing Pumpkins put out the Melancholy and the Infinite Sadness. They gave them big dick sucking because it was a double album of all new material. They never gave the clowns the respect they deserve for Bizarre Bizarre. Fucking right. Bizarre yeah. was a great double album, yeah. Hey, Halloween, I remember going by and then the mall. Freak show. And Freak show came out the same day, I believe. Hey, yeah. Oh, yeah. Bizarre was the first ICP album I ever bought, like, by myself, <laughs> like, independently. I didn't buy, like, a lot of shit. A lot of my shit was handed down, like, like thrift stores and, like, just people giving me shit. But, like, that was one of the actual physical copies I ever bought. Bizarre. They came with like a di- like a dice that you could f- cardboard fold up in the dice, and there was a magnif- uh 3D glass for yeah, looking through the booklet. The one, yeah, yeah. They, both of the booklets they had like little games and like the mazes and shit, and they had like a little like game board pieces and shit. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah that was around somewhere. Classic. Yeah, you don't see that anymore, which is very. Uh, they were the they were the right? games of that shit. Yeah. That's why I love Quest for Singer Law, man. That fucking game is like the dopest, like monopoly freaking risk like the best freaking shit ever dude that's it's so fun well there ain't no time like the song ain't no time uh, you know what i mean uh now this ain't no time if i remember the Devereaux uh produced it and i knew it was the same dude that produced that shimmer track from the first fucking first half a second of music. I don't know if he used the same, like, sample or what he did, but I was like, oh, this is the dude that did Shiver. No no doubt about it. What'd you guys think of the whole producer thing that people were talking about, how all the producers were shouting out their names, which is like, I think it's because they don't really get paid what they want to be paid, so, like, part of their payment is putting their name on there so they'll get work after the fact, you know what I mean? What do you guys think of that, about that whole situation? Um, personally, like, 
I, I'm 50-50 on it. Like, I agree just, like, from a standpoint of, like, I like to make music. I'm more of on a pr- producer. Like, I don't really write, write lyrics, but I'm more of, like, an engineer kind of, like, music producer kind of person. So yeah. I understand, like, their need for, like, wanting recognition. But at the same time, like, it doesn't seem, it doesn't seem, like, respectful, I guess, of the yeah. artist, like, putting it yeah. on there. Like, I don't know. It's in the credits and stuff. And, like, I just – it seems like a cave to me, kind of, for ICP. Like, they're just doing it because – not necessarily because they want to, but because, like, it looks better. Well, that, like, that's, if why, that's why I felt like it was kind of an agreement. You know, maybe you're not so much – you know, you don't maybe be paid so much money or you just back-end money on it, but you'll be able to, you know, sell beats to other people because realistically, like – like I can understand doing it, but having producers shout out their name on on Joker's cards, I think, is kind of fucking weird. Mikey Clark never did it, you know what I mean? They would yeah, shout out Mikey Clark. I was but he, say, like I was gonna say, like Mikey Clark, like you don't give him reps for every beat on all the first Joker's cards, like he, he never shouted. If you want all the producers up in your music videos, or do you want all the producers up in yo? That's my puff daddy. The um, but mm-hmm. yeah, M- Mikey Clark would get shout outs, but he was never like yo, Mikey Clark, motherfucker. Yeah. Um, I could take it or leave it, you know. It's yeah. a thing in music right now. I think I don't listen to that much hip-hop outside of Psy, but, like, I think mm-hmm. it's, producers do it. I can live with it. I prefer it there. Honestly, like, my opinion is pick one track. Pick your favorite track, put your tag on that, leave the rest be, you know. Yeah. If it wouldn't ever, wouldn't shave you your head on the beat, we barely notice it, right? But it's like every. There's some tracks with two on it. There is a Shaggy the Airhead one. Yeah. That like ruins the song almost. There's like one of his drops is like so awkwardly placed. It's like, what the fuck is going on? It's like he just dropped it in randomly. It's like, did they forget to cut this out of the song? What's going on? (laughs) Yeah, that's how I felt. Did you have to remind me who, who, who was producing this? Like, but you don't know the true story, so you don't know where it is. Like for all you know, they got they had a beat CD that they just used that beat from, and they didn't have the cut without it. You know what I mean? Or it could have been the pay thing. You know, it's weird. Uh, it's a weird vibe. But I yeah, I mean, I could. I'm with you guys. Like, throwing it in there, here or there, or whatever uh, is cool. But like, it shouldn't be a focus point in the song. Is you know what I mean? I think that was kind of lame. Yeah, I agree. That way, that one ain't no joke to me. You know what I mean? But they got their shout out, so hopefully they're getting their production. They're getting production money on the side now. For real. You know what I mean? Uh, then we had the last song on the on the album was Something to See, which was kind of a fun wrap-up song. You know what I mean? I thought that was cool going out. Not, not too heavy, but, you know, kind of in a positive, smooth way, you know. The whole kind of moods, re- regret and such. So, like, you're going to... You know, I think they've kind of dipped into the darkness that they were going to dip into already in the album that they wanted to, they planned on dipping into. And uh, this was kind of a nice smooth down. This was Mike P produced this, uh, you know, from he was bizarre, bizarre right around there. You know what I mean? You know, signed yeah. was a, oh, a, big, a big hand in the Dark Lotus albums, I believe. I think they were kind of almost entirely produced by him. I could be wrong. Mikey Clark could have threw some stuff in there. Um yeah, Mike P kind of was the dude that kind of came in when Mike Clark, when they had that little hiatus deal, I think Mike P was the dude that came in and did a lot of their shit. 
Easy for Sheezy. Easy for Sheezy, Mike Feezy. Yeah. Well, yeah, he, he was the gap filler from one mic to another, right around uh, Lotus. I think Mike E had two or three tracks on Lotus, and then Mike P was the rest, and then Mike P did uh, m- almost all of uh, the race. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, and he's back. He's back doing, he did this, I think he's doing something else, like more modern with them. He's, or he was somewhere. He's a part of that the band, I think. That band that they always got with them, like the Detroit Connection, or they played a lot of those um when they had that band play during the uh the YouTube thing, I think they were there. Mm-hmm. Yep. I don't know if it's Mike P or somebody else that like mastering. I don't know enough about creation music, but the sound on this last song is a little bit fucked to me. Yeah. The the voices are a bit too low. Yeah, I could see that. Yeah, I I like the overall concept. It was like a it was a cool like out outro like a like a last song. I thought that was really cool. But like I I also agree it sounded like a, just a little off. But overall like I I liked I liked the thought of it. Like um how they came into it like the last thing you ever see before you die like what would that be and then like just going on like uh the whole message of it. It was just I thought it was an overall cool song. It, has, it kind of has that vibe almost like if 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 maybe Violent J was thinking if I wasn't to write another if this was the last song maybe this is how I should do it you know what I mean yeah, yeah. it's going blind but it could also be dying like what what do you want to remember as you go out so I thought it was a great closer despite the kind of weird mastering on it uh, one section I want to throw props out I don't know if both of you listened super close to this but right near the end Shaggy goes on this like long tirade and have you listened to what he says in that. No. Both of you do yourselves a favor, put some headphones in and listen to it closely and read along with the lyrics because it's the fucking shit ever. He's just listening like, I know you want to see like fucky clouds and all this and then he starts listening to all, all kinds of other sites and one of them is like, peacocks with cocks peeing. <laughs> <laughs> that reminds me when they did the fucking, they shout, what was that album they shouted out all the websites on? Was that a, that was Dark Lotus Oh, Era. yeah, yeah. Lotus <laughs> Pond. Yeah. Yeah. The um, yeah, yeah. So overall opinion, yum yum bedlam. What'd you guys think? Greatest lyrics ever. Yeah. Um. Oh God. How do you read it? Uh, if I had to, I would give it like a maybe like a six. Like overall, like overall opinion, like a six. Just like, and that's in like the thirty years of ICP though. Like one out of ten. Six out of ten. Yeah, I'd give it a six. Cool, cool. Well, I would personally, I'd probably give it maybe like an eight and a half, eight, eight and a half. Um, You know, Joker's cards are meant to be able to sit down and listen from the beginning to the end, and they always have been. You know, for the there's been a couple, you know, times where that wasn't the case, but for the most part, like a Joker's card is supposed to be a holy grail of their release. You know what I mean? Like you got the EPs to kind of mess around and the mixtapes to have fun with and stuff. But when you do a Joker's card, that's why I was kind of so like I thought that the name throwing in was lame because like. It's almost like ICP and the Juggalos hold it up so high, and it felt like those producers weren't holding it up that high. It was just another project to them, you know what I mean? Yeah. Yeah. So with that, you know, I I, I give it like an eight, eight and a half. Like I said, I really do – 
you know, as older I get older in age, I really like that, that the little bit more mellower and positive thing I really appreciate. So I think that's where my extra points come in over Candace's, but like, I thought it was an eight, eight and a half ish. Yeah. I'd probably put it right in that area too. I was thinking eight, eight and a half, probably not quite a nine, but um, as far as like second deck, I'd say it's among the top bang, pow, boom, or it would probably be my favorite in the second deck. Um, really, it caught me off guard with how good it was. I wasn't expecting something this good, particularly with all the chaos that's going on in Jay's health. I was worried it would feel a little bit haphazard, but I think the delay they did was good. I liked Young Young's lure, but this took took it up another level, other than maybe a few songs. Um, really impressed. Awesome addition to the Joker's card um, saga. Um, yeah, not many complaints. Interesting bit of trivia. It's the longest Joker's card ever. Really? Yeah. Oh, interesting. You know, it's, uh, it, uh, I wasn't, I didn't know what to expect when it was announced and all that. I was kind of iffy on it. And even Fearless Fred Fury, uh, I didn't really know what to expect. I liked that one a lot. Mm-hmm. Um, I like Bang Pow Boom, Bang Pow, ugh, Bang Pow Boom a lot. Uh, Mighty Death Pop, I like a lot too, and some people don't really get down with that. I thought the Mighty Death Pop was probably the closest thing to the first deck in the second, in the second deck. Um, and, uh, you know, <laughs> lost and found lost, uh, you know, there, the, between the, du- the, between the double album, there's a good album in there. You know what I mean? Uh, there <laughs> there's, I heard a, I heard a YouTube, so we put together, like they mashed it all into one album on YouTube. And I, that was like better arranged than I think the two albums, but there's songs on, uh, on missing link that I like. And there's some that I don't really care for. This is. I thought this album was better than that. Uh, oh, that contribution as a whole to us, but um, you know, I think he was going through like a really fucking dark time making that album. Um, which sometimes that benefits the album, sometimes it doesn't. I think in that situation, it didn't benefit the album. I think things got a little off. I think his life got a little off the rails, which is unfortunate. Yeah. I'm glad they're back, yeah. uh, but sometimes that's what makes some of our artists our favorite artists because they can, they go off the rails and they go to that dark place. And he also got to, I think sometimes he puts himself in that dark place. So you got to kind of applaud him for that too, because he knows to get, to be able to go as dark as he goes. Sometimes he has to put himself in a dark mindset and a mind that's already too dark. That could be a problem sometimes, you know what I mean? Yeah. Yeah. But yeah, overall I thought it was, I thought it was a pretty, pretty good, pretty good deal it's still growing on me of course it came out what halloween it was right yeah um, yeah so we're not even a month into it really yeah, yeah it, takes it takes a while for him to grow on me too i feel that like it it took a while for the temp honestly like my 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 like viewpoint shift was around like oh nine um like tempest era oh seven like bang pow boomish oh nine like around there it really started to shift so this whole second deck is different for me but i mean overall like it was just yeah it was it was good i just it all hold on sorry i'm so sorry my my son just threw me off no Um, no worries i I agree (laughs) i agree with you you know bang bang pow boom um you know, when the first Joker's deck ended, that was a really weird time for Juggalos, I think, because it was like, yeah. they didn't know what was going to happen. You know, I remember people speculating they were going to kill themselves. I remember like all types of crazy shit. I remember the Blood Brothers, there was talks of just no more ICP, just Blood Brothers. Um, 
And I was like, at that point, I was we like the, the new production, the production that when I say that I like now, I've liked more when I matured. Like I wasn't liking that kind of rock hip hop mashup direction they were going in. Um, like the Tempest, when I first heard the Tempest, it didn't sit with me that well. I like it now, but it didn't really sit with me well. You Thank know you. I mean? Sorry, I was so I was so I'm so sorry. My four year old just threw me off. That's what I was, that's what I was going yeah. for. Like I, it took me a while to warm up to the Tempest. And looking back, like I love the Tempest now. Right. I love the poem and shit. But like I think it's gonna take a while to like actually warm up to Bedlam and actually like it's hard for me as a juggalo. The whole second deck is hard is hard to process and just like you know get get like familiar with and like like the first as, as well as the first deck for me i like i said i thought the whole album was pretty solid except for clown dripping you know what i mean clown dripping and if i had to go if i had to teeter down more i'd probably put like um panic attack i'd probably go into panic attack and like maybe insomnia or maybe insomnia then panic attack if i was to do the top three that i wasn't gigantic i maybe have to look at the list again but um, uh, for the most part, I thought it was really good. Like I said, eight and a half is pretty good. That's still pretty good, you know what I mean? It's close to a nine, and nine's only one off. <laughs> but Clown Drippin' didn't need to be on that album. That was my take. Um, but I, I'm probably wrong, as usual. You know what I mean? Hey, but, man, uh, like, more people agree with you than agree with me. So, like, I thought it was decent, honestly, off the album. So I support it. You know, I'm hoping they put a vinyl out of this. Yeah, that'd be cool. I went, I've been trying. I, I went. I got back into vinyl in the last couple of years, and um, I had to go and rebuy all the fucking ICP albums on vinyl, and it was like horrendous. And I still don't have the big ones like Riddle Box, which is so difficult to get, and the Rage. Really? Yeah, I just pulled my House of Wax, um, uh, Beverly Kills vinyl for like fifty bucks. I got that one. I got yeah. that like dirt cheap. Their website sold that for like fifteen bucks once, and I was like, "Yeah, what do you mean? yeah, that, they was sold just, Ring yeah Master? that was when they first got released. Yeah, and they did the whole house wax set. I got the gold <laughs> Ringmaster record for like fifteen bucks somehow, and I was like, "We thank you." You know, Fine. but you don't see it that cheap often. Yeah, yeah, it'll be tough for you to find the Raven Riddle box. I've got those too. I, I watch the prices, and oh man, it's <laughs> oh yeah, dude, museum. I'm on there all the time. I like, I, I try to. Yeah, all my physicals are like pretty, pretty pristine. Yeah. Fuck yeah, much museum love. Yeah, shout out to the museum, Psychopathic Museum. Mm-hmm. Riddle Box mm-hmm. is difficult because they don't own it, I don't think. That's the deal, right? Yeah. Uh, fucking yeah, Island had it up with it. Live, I think. Hollywood had it at one point. Live. Live. Yeah, a branch company of uh, fucking. Yeah, I forget who the browser. They they owned um live did the TV Lionsgate. They became Lionsgate, I believe. Yeah, uh-huh. like the the film production side of it did at least. But yeah, I don't know why we don't. They they re released Riddlebox on CD, didn't they, for the anniversary? I'm pretty sure. I don't know yeah. why they can't get a vinyl release of it. I don't know. Rights are weird. It might even be like somebody owns the rights to the vinyl, but not anything else. I don't think. Right. In vinyl for most of their careers, it was J Web that kind of got them onto the vinyl thing. And Shout out J Web! Fuck yeah! Thank you J Web for that. Because J Web, prized possessions, dope guy. For sure, dude. That and there, what I appreciated is like they're like those EPs that they don't need to be. They like they don't need to be colored. They don't need to be pictures disc, but they go out of their way to make sure they are, which is nice. Like yeah. Tunnel of Love and Beverly Kills are fucking beautiful looking records. 
Yeah. yeah. You know, it's a shame though when you leave Tunnel of Love on your record player and your parents come over and it's a big scene. I love it. I love uh, it. Well, hey, this is a hot episode, y'all. It's fucking cool. So, from like Midwest area? Huh? Are you both from like Midwest? I'm from Massachusetts. I'm the I'm East Coast guy. Okay. I'm South Dakota. I'm 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 Western uh, South Dakota. So like I'm closer to Denver. We okay, got a yeah. triangle going. We got a triangle going. We're going to open up a vortex. Yeah, we do. <laughs> I, like yeah, so I appreciate that shit, though, because like, I, I love Canada. I'm not speaking ill against my country, but it sucks to, like, I've got to travel to see them for the most part, right? They've, they've actually come through my city twice in 30 years. Yeah. They've come through my city once in in 25 mm-hmm. Like, they were here for the Tempest Tour. I guess they're here for Sturgis, the Sturgis Rally. They put on two free shows in 17 and 18. But for 17, I was in the hospital with my son. I had my son. And then 18, I, like, got in a major car accident on the way there. So, oh, like, yeah. other than that, though, I they don't come through my city. I guess Ouija Mac and DJ Chunk just came through Sioux Falls. But that, I like, Sioux Falls is farther away from me than Denver is. Like, yeah. they never come to South Dakota. And, like... Fuck it, twisted here, man. Like it never happens. Yeah, it's frustrating. I gotta travel so far to see them. So I hope they do more Canadian tours now that they're doing the specialty stuff. But either way, I'll, I'll be down south to see them again pretty soon. I'm sure. Sweet, I feel that, dude. For shizzle. All right, folks. Well, thank y'all for being on the show. Awesome. Thanks for having us. We'll get you on some more shows. Um, I'll give a quick. Uh, Plug again to uh, Brad O'Hink. That's bradohinc.com. That's where I cover all my writing publications. I should have a new book coming soon. Go peep that. Check it out. Um, also on Spotify, you can find my podcast. <laughs> my podcast. It's called um, The Gentleman Juggalo. Uh, I do that one. I run a new fan through the first six. Um, we're on a bit of a hiatus because of the pandemic right now, but hopefully we'll be back to it soon. And if you dig around on the internet, you can also find an old project I did called Tell Me a Story with Bo and the Juggalo. Me being the motherfucking jello. I dig that. Well, it was nice to meet you guys. Nice to meet you too. We'll have you all back. We'll do some more shows. This was a lot of fun. Uh, yeah, well, nice. nice. All my family, I love you a lot. Yeah, woo woo. Fuck yeah. And we'll catch you all on the next episode of the Boombastic Cast. Bye.